guys, and welcome to Opera Off Stage. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jesse. And today we are just reading your guys' submissions about the funniest moments that you guys experienced as musicians during COVID. I don't even really know if quarantine was real. Like, even though we're kind of in this, like, <laughs> quarantine limbo, like, what even was our lives? I, I don't know. It was a trippy time from having to it practice. It is a trippy time. It is a trippy time from having to practice in your car to having your cat jump across your video screen to forgetting to change your name when you're going back into a Zoom class. Like, just nonsense. Just crazy things that we had to deal with. So we asked you guys this week on our Instagram and on our website, share some of your stories. We're going to read your submissions anonymously, and it's going to be such a good time. We cannot wait to share some of our stories and dive right into it. But you guys did not disappoint. And I'm so glad you guys shared your stories with us. But before we jump into those, uh, we have a couple of announcements. We have another set of Jackbox game nights coming up on Saturday, April 17th and Sunday, April 18th. So this coming weekend. And if you are not already in our Discord, go ahead, go into our bio on our Instagram and join us. Because not only do we play our games and watch our movies on there, but we chat and you can ask questions and get resources from other singers. It's a super fun place. So if you're interested in our Jackbox game nights, and they are so much fun, and don't worry, those games are super simple, but it's a great time to hop on and join us. And we love hanging out with you guys. It was a lot of fun last month. Oh, it's so much fun. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things that we do. Oh, yeah. And one more thing before we get into our stories. Our friends, our friends of the podcast, have been doing so many amazing things. And so we just want to take a second to celebrate some of the cool things people have managed to do in this terribly confusing time. (laughs) So first up, mezzo-soprano Tona Brown, who we had on the podcast and interviewed, and you'll remember her as the first transgender woman to headline a Carnegie Hall concert. She is performing as La Zia Principessa in Puccini's Suor Angelica for an opera movie that's being put together by Shenandoah Conservatory. If you've been following her on Instagram, she's been sharing little clips of the filming and all of the cool costumes and everything. She's killing it and you love to see it. I know she just posted some BTS of their filming and she looks so cute in her costume. Like it made me so happy to just see people are like outside in costume doing what they love to do. Oh, it gave me all the good vibes. Yeah, I can't wait to see how the film turns out. Also, good friend of the podcast, composer and coach Mike McAndrew, which we've also had in our Pianists Tell All episode. He actually just finished his doctorate at UIUC, which is obviously such an accomplishment in and of itself. And he was defending his dissertation on Vanessa. And if you tuned into our watch parties this weekend, you know that on Saturday we watched Vanessa. What a great opera. And he basically did a reorchestration that kind of more suits you know, an undergrad environment, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Like, that's exactly what we need in opera. And it was so fun getting to watch Vanessa with Mike. Yeah, Mike truly gave us a guided tour through Vanessa, and it was spectacular. It was very fun. Right? It was super fun. And then we also, another friend of the podcast who was just recently on when we were talking about new music, composer Jens Ibsen just announced that he was commissioned to write a piece for the Kennedy Center's Cartography Project, which is a project that seeks to draw a map of racial hate crimes across America. And his text is actually written by his twin sister, Yasmina. And so it sounds like it's going to be incredible, and I can't wait to hear the piece. And that's so exciting. He was also chosen as a finalist for Beth Morrison Project's Next Generation Project, along with another friend of the podcast and an incredible composer, Elizabeth Gartman, both of whom will have their pieces performed from National Sawdust on May 27th. And that's going to be live stream. So, you know... So many cool projects, so many pieces of really great new music coming at us from from good friends, which is the most exciting thing. Ah, so cool. And I've like, what a pleasure to like at different points have worked with these people because I anyway, I adore them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're big fangirls of all of our friends and audience members doing all these cool projects. And then last, another friend of the podcast, Tracy Cox, who is a soprano and fat liberation artist. She's also been on the podcast, was recently featured in an excellent article titled Fat Shaming, Bullying, Is Anyone Protecting Our Young Singers? by Zach Finkelstein on middleclassartist.com, as well as hosting her own op-ed, Why Do Fat Singers Fight So Hard for an Industry That Hates Us? Both of which are great articles that get into widespread fat phobia and body shaming that are absolutely rampant in our industry. 
And I mean, if you're looking to learn more about what's going on um, or just about fat phobia in our industry in general, Tracy Cox is an incredible resource. We also love the middle class artist. He has so many great articles on there covering so many different topics that are very important. So go check those out as well. I'm so proud of all of these people and so lucky to know most of them and having gotten to speak with so many of them. Yeah, so we just wanted to share some good news in this time. But now I think it's it's time for some stories. So, Michelle, do you have a quarantine performance story? You know, quarantine was a weird time for us all. And I think the weirdest thing was, like, just figuring out how the heck to practice when there's, like, so many people in your house. And this is, like, so weird to me. And I don't know why I'm so weird about it. Because technically, when you're at conservatory or in undergrad... You full well know that you can hear everything that's going on in the practice room next to you. So, like, you're not The way alone. people just like, bust into practice rooms because they're like, you're doing so well. And you're like, thanks, you've terrified me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know you're not alone, right? Like, that's just not a thing. But for whatever reason, once you're, like, in your home, it's, like, the most taboo thing ever. So I would have to f- figure out these, like, bizarre times to be able to practice where my siblings wouldn't be like running around the house or like doing something or like it was just a little bit of a nightmare so I would be able to like practice for like 30 minute intervals before something random and loud would happen but man oh man it's tough to practice at home when you don't have like a dedicated practice space oh yeah and like it's just weird like even though you know your family doesn't really care for the most part no they get all excited it still feels weird to know that they can hear it's the fact that I know that they're excited and because they're excited, they're therefore listening. That makes me so uncomfortable for literally no reason. Yeah. Because, you know, at least in the music building, for the most part, people are ignoring you. <laughs> yes. I'm like, please do not perceive me. I'm just trying to sing my scales. I do not wish to be perceived. <laughs> oh, what about you, Jesse? So I, back in like October, I took Nathan Troop's excellent online class. Oh, yeah. Um, and But... For that, I needed to make recordings to send out to have them, you know, look at and listen to. And so anyway, I beyond the just obvious, first of all, there's not I I live in a very colorful home, which is lovely because I'm living with my family and my mom. Her palette is a Crayola box like she just any color. (laughs) So there aren't a lot of neutral spaces to film in this house in the first place. And also sound wise, this house is really funky. Like there's not a lot of spaces where the sound doesn't either echo or, like, pick up the water heater. (laughs) Mm. But the funniest thing was I put on this lovely outfit. It was actually a dress I got from my grandmother that was one of her old dresses. And it's it's actually, like, sorry, it's not a dress. It's, like, a a pantsuit almost that looks like a dress. Oh, yes. It's very fun. It's gorgeous, which is why this next part is so unfortunate. You know, as a (laughs) singer, sometimes when you feel like you are singing from, like, chest up, you kind of do a squat to, like, hit in your support. Oh, no. You know, you kind of, like, bounce your knees or whatever, and you kind of squat a little just to, like, get the feeling of your body back under you. Yeah. I ripped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> a literal cartoon moment. Oh, so truly. I mean, like, it doesn't matter. It wasn't where you could see on the film or anything, but it was just so <laughs> stupid. And I'm sure, God, I should look through the recording and see if I can find the moment, if you can, like, hear it. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? I can just imagine your face being like, I'm so sorry, what? Yeah, I was like, um, excuse me? (laughs) The audacity of like in this moment where I am trying my hardest, first of all, to sing. I did not get a track pre-made for that one. So I was using a track I found online and it was way too fast. That one, that whoever recorded that track and like they didn't know people were going to use it for this, but it was a track for Sapevoreste the oscar aria and but they were like you don't need to breathe right or even pronounce the words you can just (laughs) but it's better than a really slow version anyway it was a mess but you know what the the recording as a whole turned out fine (laughs) wow but yeah i ripped my pants as (laughs) can that be like a new pre-performance like slogan like instead of break a leg just rip Rip your pants pants. (laughs) I love that. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's incredible. Get out there and rip your pants. Get out there and just rip them pants. Yeah, but the those synthetic fabrics from that era are uh, not stretchy. They do not <laughs> they are not meant 
<laughs> They're not meant for squats. Oh, goodness. So anyway, let's get into some of you guys' stories. <laughs> so we asked you guys on the Instagram, what was the worst part of COVID performances? And one of the, the running themes was about applause. Uh, and <laughs> one person said, no applause on live stream concerts is weird AF. And you're right. Like, there, there's nothing more awkward than finishing a performance and then just kind of standing in the silence. And maybe if you're on Zoom or whatever, you see, like, the little clap emoji. Oh, so awkward. But, like, it's a weird energy. Yeah. We as performers, that is not, that's not what we're looking for. No applause. Super weird. Mm, I need validation. Well, also, when you're going through the lengths of, like, recording something in your bedroom, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you've gone through mm-hmm. all this effort to record it, to, like, not even have applause is like, all right, I did it. <laughs> you're going to go watch some TV now. Like, it's just such a strange feeling. Oh, yeah. The, the lack of, like, being able to go into a space and record that's, like, meant for it. Another person along those lines said, yes, I agree. No audience. It's so hard to perform for no one in the room and to have no energy to channel. And that was such an interesting take because, yeah, that's so true. When you're performing for an audience, literally just the like energy of all of these people, all of these humans, all these bodies occupying the space does give you an energy back. And it turns oh into gosh. that like great adrenaline that helps you perform and so not having that and like i said like literally singing to your cat or dog it's not the same even like with recordings like i find it so odd to not have like a coach or a pianist there with me yeah just to like feed off of because like you don't get much from a recording even if it's a good one and so it's just like and you have to then you are also the sole judge of what you've just done it's a lot (laughs) our another person brought up that it's really hard to prepare everything with the feeling that it'll be canceled. And that's so true. Like, it's so hard to prepare for something if you don't know if it's actually even going to happen. I've definitely, like, that's how I feel about practicing in general right now is it's still very hard for me to practice with the thought of like, okay, will I be auditioning in person again in six months, a year? Like, what exactly am I prepping for? It's hard. Super hard. Like, it's hard to build motivation even when you do have things. Yeah, and I mean, when, when it comes to learning music, I mean, that takes a good amount of time. And if you're re- learning a role, that's a lot of time. And so preparing for these concerts or these virtual events and then having them be canceled and like perhaps even not even being paid anymore is pretty traumatic for an artist. So I totally understand why you would be, you know, timid to continue along being worried about whether or not your next opportunity was going to be canceled. Oh, yeah. And on the note of, you know, performance and once again, the whole audience thing, somebody wrote in missing the tangible feeling of a large audience and applause and missing the soul and connection of singing with large choirs and ensembles. And I feel this so bad. So when I left grad school, I was really burnt out on choir because I'd been in a couple really intense choirs for at that point, like five or six years. And so I was just kind of, I was tired. But when we hit quarantine, I've never missed singing in a choir so much, especially around the holidays. I love singing christmas music with a choir i never right? thought i would miss it as much as i do now or singing you know handles messiah pieces or <gasps> you know just being in that big group and and that energy of even if you don't even like the music that you're singing just the energy of getting to sing with a bunch of people honestly especially if you don't like the music you're singing like being in like making eyes at your friends across the choir being like oh my gosh i miss messiah oh, so bad messiah is so fun and I was talking to somebody yesterday. I was like, never in my life have I not screamed the Hallelujah Chorus. I've never <laughs> tempered myself. <laughs> not even once. No, you go hard for the Hallelujah Chorus. But like, yeah, I miss singing in choir so bad. And I'm totally with you. I, I didn't really sing in choir that much in, in grad school. So I've, I've already kind of had this like hunger for it. I, I'm sorry. I think that virtual choirs are so cool, but it's just not for me. I need to be with people in person. Virtual choirs does not cut it for me. I think the thing is, like, singing solo music on a recording is one thing, but, like, singing your part for a virtual choir is, once again, it's it really feels like just singing alone. And once again, I appreciate all the efforts to make stuff like that still happen, but, but no, it doesn't truly capture the energy of being in an ensemble. Yeah, and I just, man, man oh man. It's so good. Wow. Catch me and Michelle in our in our our Messiah performance. <laughs> I know. Oh. And I always complain about Messiah in normal circumstances. We like, all do. I'm like, all right, here we go. Rejoice. Uh-huh. Sure. Catch me rejoicing. 
catch but... me rejoicing. <laughs> like, I miss it so freaking bad. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's a big one for me. I totally, totally agree. And I didn't think it would hurt as much as it did. Right. Another huge one. And this this sucks. During quarantine, uh, once again, I'm staying with my family during quarantine. We got better internet, which was a huge lifesaver. But somebody wrote in, never knowing how good or bad the listener's audio or Wi-Fi are and worrying about communication. And that is me all the time. Like, it's very, very hard to figure out, like, what's the best way to get this out there in a way that looks and sounds good? Yeah, all our tech people or people who became tech people because they had to, like, major props to you all. I don't know how you do it. To me, it's literally magic. Whatever you guys do to make us look and sound as best as we can when we filmed something in a closet. Like, you guys are saints. You guys are actual wizards. Michelle and I just take turns being boomers on this on this project. Like, Michelle's out here and I'm like, Michelle, how does Instagram work? <laughs> and we, meanwhile, Michelle and I sometimes have audio blips and I'm like, listen, I don't care. I'll figure it out. I'll make it sound like there isn't a cat screaming in the background. <laughs> You do what you got to do, you know? And somebody said, yeah. you know, learning to be a sound engineer, a videographer, a lighting designer, a set decorator, and a costumer on top of all that goes into already having to perform. Oh, uh, we all learned so much about tech this year. Oh, that's so true. And lighting designer is the other one that really gets me because I do own so many lights now. Right? Like, okay. I own lights. I just got a new little phone clamp thing so I can use my phone as a better camera. Oh. Yeah, like, I have a south-facing window in my room, so I need to record between this time and this time. And, like, it's, like, literally such a such a time. I'm so grateful that, like, influencers became so popular before quarantine, though, because it did make a lot of equipment cheaper. Yeah. So that's the some... good news. I've never been thankful for influencers until today. <laughs> uh, One of our write-ins is from a a set designer. Who is lovely and who, when they wrote this, was clearly thinking about, like, some of the live stream performances. They said, out of proportion perspective backdrops that are just copy-pasted into the background. And I, I am such a, I love putting weird stuff in my Zoom calls as my background. If you've ever seen a video of us doing Zoom, you'll notice my Picasso cat that I always have there. But I feel you on that one because you... Take an extra second if it is like a performance performance and it's supposed to be a set that like the proportions match. Or if it doesn't, maybe just put like a plain color background because <laughs> it might be distracting. This one like really, I'm with, I'm with this person on this one. This one like, I get itchy thinking about that. I hope people have like screenshotted things like that because it does make me laugh. <laughs> if oh. you have any pictures of something like that happening, send them to me. Please send it to us. <laughs> Because I would love it for a little giggle. And it's fine. Listen, we all know how hard it is. It's hard to find pictures that they're the correct perspective that you're legally allowed to use. So trust me, I'm not, I'm laughing at the situation. It just. It, yeah, it's not you. You don't know what's going to be pasted into your background when you're filming. Listen, you know what I, I mean? ripped my <laughs> pants. You laugh at me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Wait, can we take the video of you splitting open thine pants and put it into a really bad perspective? You want to just put me that into like really... the SpongeBob episode where he rips his pants? Perfect. I was thinking more like outer space, but that works too. Rip my pants in space. Yeah, in space, no one can hear you rip your pants. That's the the quote. Oh gosh. So you know, there were a lot of not so great parts of COVID performances, of just nonsense and quarantine, of digital recordings, but. There are also a lot of really great things that happened, and I think our industry is better for a lot of these things. And at the top of my list, and on this person's list, I think being able to watch COVID performances in your PJs is one of the best things to ever happen. <laughs> I own so many more pairs of sweatpants now. I know. And before any of you go, like, you didn't own them before? No, I did. I just own so many more. Right? But yeah, being comfy while watching and, like, being able to just, like... I don't know, drink your coffee or whatever and sit weird in your chair while you watch. <laughs> or in our case, when we do our watch parties, you know, being able to like text your friends about the outfits or whatever. It's fun. 
That's exactly why I love our opera watch parties is I will be curled up in my desk chair in like the most inhuman way possible, just human origami in my (laughs) giant oversized comfy, which if you don't know, Costco sells these things called comfies. And like, if you thought you were a snuggy person, I'm so sorry. You are living like 10 years ago and you must join (laughs) us in the future. The comfy is the way to go. It's basically like this ginormous hoodie that's like, I don't even know what the heck is on the inside if it's like, all that matters is that I feel like I'm in a cloud and it's the best thing ever and I'll be just curled up watching an opera, chatting with friends and, you know, people in our audience that I haven't met before and we're all chatting about this soprano hitting some crazy high note, this like sketchy thing that's going on in the plot, like the amazing sets, like we're laughing at jokes. It's the best. I love that. It's so fun. You could have done something like that pre-pandemic, but like probably not. Like it's not as normal as it is now. And I love, I think that's one of the best things is you can watch so much opera online in the way you want to watch it with friends. It's just, oh yeah. Oh, chef's kiss. Another person wrote in that, that we had to learn how to perform in different ways. Challenges are sometimes positive. And I would agree. You know, I was joking earlier about how hard it is to be the only person who can tell you whether you did a good or a bad job when you're recording alone. But like there is also like a power to that. And it was I that was one thing for me that was really good was me kind of taking more ownership of what I was making. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The first time I had to do a digital recording with like tracks and set up all the tech myself, I legit had like an actual panic attack. It was the most stressful thing in the entire world to me for I don't know why. But it was such a good learning experience because now I attack aside i know what to do when i yeah. have to make recordings I panic, but know i know I mean? what i'm doing yeah exactly i panicked but now i'm knowledgeable so <laughs> um the other thing that a couple of you guys brought up is you can retake oh and do multiple takes if you're doing virtual only which to me is a blessing and a curse because yes it's great that like you get to do a do-over but then there's like the curse of perfectionism where you're like none of these are good enough yeah, take 1,560. I could redo these until the end of time. Yeah, I think the one thing that's, that could be bad about retakes as well, perfectionism aside, is that you become, you rely on on the fact that you can retake. Mm. Yeah, you're not always as invested. As invested, but also like when we get back to in person, like you gotta, you just gotta go. And sometimes I feel like when you get so used to recording yourself, like stopping is almost a reflex. Mm, you know what I yeah. mean? And so it's it's something to be cautious of. But yes, when you're just doing something for yourself, for enjoyment, or just, you know, something that you're sending off for a performance and it's not an audition type deal, like, yeah, retakes are awesome. Especially when you're home because, like, you're not in a professional sound studio, odds are. Like, there are probably other people inhabiting the same space. And, like, being able to retake and, you know, fix anything with lighting or sound is awesome. It's so awesome. You know, that's actually a great piece of advice, which is if you are doing videos and you are doing recordings, every once in a while, even if you mess up on like the first page or like the first couple measures, it's sometimes really good to still sing all the way through. A, because it's good for you because you're going to have to do that in person, but also because sometimes if you keep reworking a mistake, you're going to mess up something on the next page because you haven't been practicing going all the way through. So if you're not too vocally tired, it can be very good to do a full run through even after you've made a mistake. Yeah. And it's important to push through even if you make like a big mistake, because if you made a big mistake in an audition, you don't get to stop. You know what I mean? Like you have to figure it out Mm -hmm. and exercising that like almost improvisation type that like fight or flight mode that kicks in when there's like an obvious like, oh, shoot, I'm like two bars behind or like I came in super early or like I came in in the wrong key. Like you need to be able to exercise that. And what's safer than like you literally just being in your house? And then you can review the tape and see like, okay, did I actually like get myself out of this situation gracefully? Like what could I have done better if I was in that situation? So don't be afraid to push through mistakes. Of course. Another person wrote in being able to view so many more performances. And I 100% agree. Like having access to all of these interesting performances, especially from smaller opera companies, was great. I got to see people trying some really cool things. Like, don't get me wrong. We pretty much rely on like MedHD and uh, Medici for a lot of things. But so getting to see more innovative performances, getting to do a review of VHO's opera mentory mm-hmm. that was really cool stuff and i i'm so excited to see more of that i do hope that continues 
Yeah. And somebody wrote in, which is so on the money. They said people caring and still trying to put on the performance. And it's so true that some of the things that, you know, to me has been so inspiring about this whole ordeal is just seeing the commitment and the love for the art form from artists and just having that attitude of, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. We're just going to make it happen against all odds. And that has been super inspiring. So like, you know, I'd, I'd poop on virtual choirs or like, you know, there might be a virtual thing that's maybe not my favorite, but I would never say that it was not worth it. Like performing is never not worth it. And like there are opportunities for everyone. And it's been so cool to see the community really come together and reform yeah. and try new things and think about opera in a different way because we've had to. But it's been so enjoyable nonetheless. It reminds me of the quote where I believe this is the quote, but perfect is the enemy of the good. Of course, we'd love to be mm. doing in-person performances, but obsessing about that would have gotten us in trouble because we would never have made as much art as people did during quarantine. And I'm appreci- I am appreciate that. Yeah, my favorite write-in. Not having to wear shoes. That's right. You can't make us wear heels if our feet aren't in the shot. <laughs> that was my favorite write-in. I love Just it so much. And it's so true. Not having to wear shoes. I mean, for, for anybody who has to wear heels, like, yeah, that, that is one of the best things. It's so good. Uh, yeah, you've heard it here first. Digital performance is feminist because it doesn't make us wear yeah. heels. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that. I love the fact that the watching opera in my PJs and not having to wear shoes was two different people because they they need to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. So we also did some just straight up polls just to kind of get an idea of like what's changed for people since quarantine started and so our first question was have COVID performances changed how you feel about digital performances for better or for worse and so 60% of you said for better and 40% of you said for worse which I'm a little surprised about because I do definitely think that I feel better about digital performance than I did when quarantine started like I'm more confident in our ability to make things digitally oh yeah I'm very pro-digital Yeah, but I can understand. I think this is partially on me for how I worded the question because it's not, I didn't mean, do you prefer digital performance over live performance? I just meant, how has your opinion solely of digital performance changed? And I think a lot of people at this point are maybe a little bit burnt out on digital performance. And that might be skewing it. Well, I think this kind of has a similar feeling as, you know, when we were talking to Jens on our new music episode, it only takes one bad experience with new music or digital performance for you to be like, this is not it. This is not for me. I'm not about it Mm -hmm. at all. And I feel like, unfortunately, so many of us had that experience early on because none of us really knew what we were doing because the opera industry was not, like, with it. Well, yeah, and I guess, too, I should have clarified whether or not I meant watching digital performances or making your own because I don't know that I feel that much more confident about making my own. (laughs) Yeah. So... There are a lot of ways you could have taken this. So it, it does make sense to me that it's 60-40. Yeah. We also asked you guys, um, would you like to see more live streamed concerts in the future? And 78% said yes. And 22% said no. I love that. That was more than I thought would say yes. And I'm glad because I, I love having access to more performances. I do too. I love being able to see my friends perform, which normally I cannot do. I love that too. And there are also a lot of regional houses that don't prior to COVID didn't have good streaming platforms and so them pushing to record their stuff like you know we got to see very early on was it SFO's um, production of Susanna and we were like so smitten it was like I've always wanted to see that opera it's not performed super often like it's not easy to find in a season unless you're willing to travel to go see it and they shared it and we were so excited like it was so good it was everything that I have been wanting and like that exists so much more now because of live streamed concerts and pre-recorded concerts that are now more publicly being shared rather than just going straight into the archives and I love it I can't wait to see more of it obviously we'll go and see opera in person once that's solidly a thing but I do love having the option to being able to see cool works that I wouldn't really be able to travel to go see yeah so I I do hope that live stream concerts stick around I just hope there are audiences in the room true yeah (laughs) what do you think do you think live stream concerts are going to tank or stay the same in terms of like audience I don't know 
I think that a lot of groups will continue with live stream concerts because I think the people who want a live stream concert aren't the same people who want to go see it in person or are capable of go see going and seeing it in person. I also think like it's such a nice accessibility thing. You know, if you are a person who, you know, we've talked about physical distance, but if you're a person who has trouble sitting in like theater seats for a long amount of time or you can't get out of the house that much, you know, whether it be age or illness or whatever else, it or maybe you have kids, what whatever it is, like I think adding live stream access is super important and a great way to get more people reinvested in classical music. And the cost of the streaming, I don't really think is prohibitive. So I hope they keep it around. I think it's a great idea. Were I consulting for some of these places, I would tell them, you should 1000% do it because the people who want to come see it live will still absolutely come see it live. It's a good way to put it. So I hope they at least experiment with it. Yeah. And then our final question for you guys was, do you prefer live auditions or taped auditions? And this was uh, an interesting question for me because I had to kind of think about it because we've all done taped auditions like that. It wasn't a fully new thing. It was more so that this year, like every round was taped for some. And 77% of you said live auditions and 23% said taped auditions. And that's more than I thought would say taped auditions. Yeah. I definitely prefer live auditions. I don't know. I like the energy of them. I like standing in front. I like knowing that what's done is done as soon as I leave that room. I definitely miss live auditions. I do too, but and I wouldn't say that I prefer taped auditions over live auditions, but I think I think taped auditions are so good. Because yeah, it's not fun when every single This is type A versus type B. But 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 here's my thing. I I <laughs> No. <laughs> you got to listen to what I'm going to say. <laughs> But the thing is, is like when every single audition is taped. Yeah, it sucks. There, it's no fun. Like it's it's there's nothing like it's not immediate. You don't have the thrill of doing it. And like you said, being able to walk from, away from an audition and know how they felt about it because you can read the people in the room. But at the same time, like it's just so darn expensive when live auditions are what's expected. I'm here for immediate gratification only. <laughs> but you know so many of these young artist programs are just here to waste your time. And you spend like $1,000 to go fly to Chicago or LA or New York to audition for these people who like don't really care. Like they just want to hear you, but they already like practically know who they're going to cast. And it's like, to me, taped auditions are so much more beneficial for the artist in that way. Absolutely. And so I really hope that we find some sort of like 50-50 split. Like I would totally go out and pay that money to live audition for places that I'm super invested in and I would love to send out taped auditions for other ones that are like either backup or I'm just like I've already sung here before or like yada yada. So I really hope that we stick with taped auditions at least like being okay you know. I really hope that I think the difficulty is like moving back into a place where there might be live and taped audition is I think everyone generally feels like you have a better shot if you go there live which sucks. Obviously nobody says that but I feel like it's just kind of a thing we all thing or is it just me no i think that's definitely the sentiment i wish i do hope that like at minimum if we bring back live auditions that it is truly like the last round of people instead of like the final hundred (laughs) yeah that's a good point yeah i don't have anything against taped auditions although i will put this forward to you because i was thinking about the accessibility of taped auditions and i think there is still like, I don't think we completely escape the class issues when we talk about using taped auditions over live auditions. It is certainly cheaper. I would never deny that. But access to a quiet space, access to a pianist, access to the kind of equipment that makes a good recording is still tricky. It's still very tricky to navigate. Not if you're in school. In school, you have a lot more access to resources. But I don't think we even completely avoid the issue there. So it's something we'll definitely have to see about. I would agree that I hope taped auditions do stick around. I personally prefer the experience of a live audition, but not the price. (laughs) Yeah, I guess my thing is like when you audition for 10 opportunities in a season or more than that, like taped auditions to me just make more sense. And in a perfect world, when we go back to being fully in person, like getting professional recordings done you know what I mean in a space with your accompanist yada yada with the whole shebang I would much rather like invest my money there and spend you know the the money that it would have cost me to do one of those in-person auditions on just getting super good recorded auditions and just sending that off like I would but it it's it's totally a matter of whether or not the weird stigma about taped recordings comes back 
it's definitely a better investment. Yeah. So because you get to keep, you know, if you buy the equipment or you pay for a good recording, like you have it and you own it. Whereas if you go and do an audition, like the value, I guess, is showing up. Um, But yeah, no, it's a tricky question. And I, I think all of those are valid. And I do, like I said, I do hope that they keep taped auditions for like the first two rounds at minimum and only really make you fly out there if you are well and truly in like like I said the last 10 people for something Mm -hmm. absolutely instead of trying to make money off of your auditions which is a skeevy thing to do absolutely anyway go check out our yap episode for more info on that (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yeah but we love throwing up these instagram polls thanks for running into us on there and voting we're super curious to know what you guys think about these types of questions and these topics so we really appreciate you guys playing along with us but we're gonna take a quick break and talk about a very exciting announcement and that is that our team is expanding. We are. Yeah, it's definitely woohoo. You know, months ago, we had this crazy idea that we wanted to start a podcast, Jesse and I, to really help bridge the gap between being in music school and having a professional career and all of the weird different ways that you can do that. Months ago. It's been like a year and a half. A year and a half ago. (laughs) What is time? We don't know. Time is fake. (laughs) But we had this idea and we're just so immensely blessed that people are interested and people are excited and that people love it. And we, a couple months ago, brought on Emily, who is our administrator, and we've just improved so much more and have become more streamlined. And once again, we are looking to expand our team. So applications are currently live on our website at opera-offstage.com slash join our team. The link will also be in our show notes. But right now we're looking for a writer to help us manage the Opera Offstage blog. We're looking for a content creator to help with (laughs) content creation and Instagram. And we're looking for an audio editor to, you know, help with minor audio edits. So if you are interested in any of those positions, they're currently all volunteer. We're looking at one to maybe three hours per week. So very, very low time commitment. But if you're interested in working with us and helping us support our mission to give back to young artists and provide those resources, please apply. We're looking for a great team that's really dedicated to our mission and making opera a better space. So if that is interesting to you, either send us a DM or check out our website at opera-offstage slash join our team to apply. And let me just say, if you are interested, but you're like, I don't think I'm really qualified, or I don't think maybe my writing is good enough, or, you know, blah, 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 apply. Just apply. We will decide (laughs) what we think. But we would, I I urge you to go and put yourself out there if you are interested in it, because the most important thing about any of these positions is that you are passionate about it. So I would go check out our descriptions on the website, and if you're interested, throw your hat in the ring. You don't have a ton of time to apply, so I would definitely say please apply soon <laughs> if you're very interested. Jump, Jump on, it. on it. And, uh, you know, if you've been looking for an opportunity to get involved in the arts, let's do it. Let's work together. All right. So let's jump back into our audience submissions. So these are people's wacky stories from their quarantine filming. So the first one gives me a good laugh because I feel like this is definitely just one of the things that happens. So... Our first write-in says, This happened during a virtual piano lesson in the summer. It was hot, so I had the balcony door open. Our apartment is above a fairly well-trafficked street, but it's usually pretty quiet. This time, though, right as we started the lesson, someone on the street goes, Oh my god, your muscles look great! (laughs) Loud enough for my laptop mic to pick up, and I got a funny look from my teacher, and I've been made sure to keep the door closed ever since. (laughs) Beautiful. Amazing. What a flex. (laughs) What a time. (laughs) what a literal flex an actual flex (laughs) i love that i love the fact that this person was just trying to like really pump them out probably not knowing that they were you know in the middle of something i try to just put a smile on this person's face so they're just like i'm in a lesson can you not (laughs) our friend is just trying to keep her apartment cool right oh my gosh (laughs) that's so unfortunate it's just like i said the absolute curse of auditions is like if you live in any kind of city center area <laughs> it happens. Privacy? I don't know her. <laughs> and another similar thing when people were 
were just starting to get used to Zoom lessons. Not everyone had worked out the home situation. And so this person writes in, my final lesson of my master's, I was performing for my teacher while one of his kids was crying and his other one was sawing away at a piece in Suzuki book No, thank you. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I love kids. I think they're so sweet. I don't imagine there would be much more difficult to focus on than like a kid playing a string instrument mid-lesson while you're trying to play. I like how this person's having their last lesson of their master's and it's just like bring your kid to work day. <laughs> I mean, I the, once again, if you have kids and your kids aren't going to school because we were in quarantine, like I feel for that it's teacher true. too. It's true. That is the struggle. <laughs> but I just love it. You know, it was no longer your lesson. It was the group's lesson. <laughs> Family it was time. family lesson, okay? <laughs> you were part of the family in that moment, though. <laughs> Why weren't you comforting the crying kid? Like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so oh, tricky. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Uh, another person wrote in. Uh, and, you know, there were there were some weird moments in quarantine and digital performances. So here's an example. Somebody wrote, I was doing a live stream concert for Grammy-nominated women, which, awesome. Go you. Yeah. With a friend, and the camera angle made it so everyone could see up my skirt throughout a few songs, and gross men commented, and an old high school teacher watched it who was male, and they just did, like, the upside-down smiling emoji. (gasps) What a handy emoji. But also, yeah, that's... First of all... (laughs) The audacity of men. Words I don't want to say on the podcast out out loud, really, but... uh. Yeah, those men are disgusting. <gasps> I'm so sorry you had to experience that. But cool for you doing that concert. Screw those guys. Um, and I'm sorry that your high school teacher saw it. That's that's rough. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. And our next write-in is from Mike, our lovely Dr. Mike now. Dr. Mike. <laughs> our lovely coach and pianist friend. I think my weirdest performances were twofold, funny and just strange. First was having to dress up to record for a virtual yap I was doing and give weird intros to no one, (laughs) thanking them for their support. (laughs) Yeah, like thanking somebody for their support who is not physically present is... (laughs) I never thought how awkward it would be to introduce other people who are not standing there. That is super weird. (laughs) The second was seeing all the outtakes for Art Song at Home, which was a really cool project he was doing, which was hysterical. It made all the hours of editing worth it. And I feel that because I... I adore Mike, and he's super fun to work with, so I would willingly send him outtakes because I know it would make him laugh. (laughs) You gotta laugh at the outtakes. Mike was my pianist for, he was my uh, collaborative pianist for my recital in grad school, so if anyone's seen me mess up, it's Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I adore Mike. Mike is the best. Oh, I love it. Yeah, what's better than than some bloopers, you know? Which, speaking of bloopers, this next person wrote in, the amount of times I thought I was recording when in reality I never pressed record, which... Oh, the worst. Don't even get me started on this. When you think you have a good take. And when you don't hit record is exactly when you did have, like, the best take of your life. You know that's always how that works out. Yeah, or, like, the camera's facing slightly the wrong way or something, or, like, you forgot to hit the, like, turn the camera around on your phone. Just the worst. Yeah, but then they also said, and the amount of bloopers that I have on my phone from all the video fails is ridiculous. And, yes, so much, so much used storage on all of my devices of me just... Oh, gosh, yeah, the bloopers and the... And not... The not hitting record is really... It's just a travesty. Or like the camera dies partway through. <gasps> no. <laughs> oh, when I did my my recordings to audition for grad school the first time, I don't know if it was my teacher or whoever, but like there's a camera built into the hall where we record. It's very specific to that hall. Nobody hit the record button for the video, so I had only audio and I had to redo the entire thing. No. But it made it into my recommendation teach uh, letter from that teacher. She was like, she handled it so well. <laughs> hey. Got him. <laughs> Another person. This kills me, too. My voice teacher's dog barked on rhythm while I sang Dave Yenny at a virtual competition. I, if you have the video of that, I would love to see that so much. Please. Like, I, listen, I will not judge your singing in any sense. I just want to see. I want to see this duet that you had with this dog. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's incredible. A pet duet. Oh. I love that. I love that they did it on rhythm, and I don't know if you laughed during your performance, because I would have. I would have literally burst out into hysterical laughter. There's no way I would have been able to hold it together. 
when it comes to dogs, there's just no way. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then this person, my Bluetooth speaker disconnected in the middle of a grad school audition. Goodbye. <sighs> Goodbye. That's the worst. And usually Bluetooth speakers are pretty good nowadays, but it just happens. And my my recommendation to everyone, like internet and everything else, if you can have a wired connection, do. Like, I know it's tricky, especially because a lot of people were using their phones as their cameras as well. So it's not always possible. But when you can, wired connections are safer. I can't imagine. Get that Ethernet adapter for your Mac. I think I, I think my body also would have disconnected if that happened to me. <laughs> my body has disconnected from the chat. Lost Goodbye. signal. Like, there's no way. I don't know what I like. I genuinely don't know what I would have done if that happened to me during a grad school audition. You're already so antsy. But honestly, sometimes bad things happen. If you can handle them well, it's just as impressive. It's almost more impressive. So yeah. kudos to oh. you. That's a rough spot to be kudos in. Kudos to you. What a legend. Another person wrote in, I am the eldest of four children. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm already like, okay. Rough already. <laughs> Michelle feels you. Oh, we all moved back home for the summer of the pandemic. Yep, definitely feel this person. Plus my mother, at times there would be five instruments trying to practice at a time. Three of those are brass instruments, and the trumpet hogged the shower to practice in every single day. <laughs> a freaking legend. I'm sorry. Oh my what? gosh. I can't imagine living with three brass instruments. Okay, but let's talk about what. Well, listen, I get we all have to practice. But let's talk about a trumpet being literally in the shower. <laughs> but also, what instrument does your mom play? That's so cool, though, that your family is so musical. Oh, that's so cool. Five instruments. But also, like, I feel for you on that one because, like, I used to have a trumpet player next in, like, the room next to mine for my lessons in undergrad. And it was like, cool, I guess I'll just sing against this astronomically louder instrument. <laughs> Three brass. Like, are you, like, you're doing counter rhythm at that point, too. <laughs> wow, wow, oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. And not only that, being the oldest. Please tell me you asserted your dominance. Hog the shower to practice in. That's so funny. I can't imagine having to kick my sibling out of the shower to be like, you have to stop practicing. I need to shower. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm thinking about how loud and like your voice sounds in the shower as a singer. So can you imagine a trumpet being in a shower? Because I can't. I mean, I imagine they had like a mute in, but even then, like, I feel like you'd lose your hearing. Yeah. Kudos to you, though, for practicing against that. Kudos. I would simply pass away. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse would just disconnect. <laughs> Oh, I'd be sitting in my car. I think this person is not a singer. They are an instrumentalist, so they didn't really have that option. But <laughs> true. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so we've got one more and we've got two stories from this person. And so they wrote, honestly, the worst part about all of this is recordings and uh, perfectionism. I remember one recording session where I think I recorded about 100 takes for a church <laughs> gig. It took me about 10 takes to get the balance right. Oh, man. Finding the right place for your speaker against your voice and, like, making it all sound good. Once again, we all became 80 different people for ourselves. Yep. By the time I got the balance right and by the time I got into the groove of recording, my phone died. No! And then I started recording with a backup device and my dad's cat just starts screaming in the middle of each take. <gasps> Then I get to the last measure of a really satisfactory take, and what do you know, the neighbor decides that it's an excellent time to start mowing. I'm sorry. Exhausted, I gave up, took a nap, and somehow forgot about the deadline until a few days later. Realizing I didn't have a good take, I set up my phone and ring light in the car, played the accompaniment through the car stereo, and had an almost perfect recording on the second try. I love this so much, because first of all, I would love to get a recording from a car. Redemption. Like, if I saw you recording in your car, I know that you put so much work in. Oh, yeah. Like, I, like if I see that you are recording from your car, I know how hard you've worked to get a good recording. Oh, yeah. I, like, the first of all, the cat is such a betrayal. The cat, no. So rude. The cat just being like, you know, I've learned that my, I've learned the very distinct point at which my dogs will try to sing along with me. Anything above a B flat, they will, they will tune in. <laughs> but... God, getting to the last measure of something and having something go wrong, whether it's like you mess up or your neighbor starts mowing. It's just like there's nothing you can do. That Like you can't yell at your neighbor like, hey, I have to record. Please stop mowing your lawn. Uh, yeah, I can't with that. Also, mowing is so annoying because it's true. Your neighbors only mow their lawn at the most inc inconvenient times. You know what I mean? 
I would love to know if anyone saw you recording in your car with a ring light, though, because that would be hilarious to me from an outside perspective. But good for you. They also had a, a second story, which was also, can we talk about how when I was taking a voice lesson on Zoom, it kept muting my teacher's audio as we were warming up. The way it was muted made it sound like we were doing onset exercises, which we weren't. And my teacher was very confused as to why I kept randomly leaving out notes. <laughs> I feel like this was everyone's first experience with voice lessons in Zoom was trying to get the audio on all of it set up correctly. And I think a lot of people didn't understand hotkeys, like hotkeys that'll accidentally mute you, like the letter M. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, that was a big thing for me was I didn't realize that I had set up some hotkeys on my number pad on my keyboard. And so I would accidentally mute myself or disconnect my audio because I didn't realize what was happening. The early days were especially rough. And especially if your teacher is older and maybe not super technologically inclined. Oh, yeah. Then it's rough. Yeah. And like, what can you do? And they're if they're playing the warm up where they are and their Wi-Fi is bad and it keeps cutting out, like, uh, 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 what do you do? God, you guys are so Simply funny. Simply suffer. I appreciate all of you so much for sharing your stories and your bloopers and all of your silly stuff. We all went through it. But it's it's nice to know that we were all in it together. We were all in it together and we all pulled through. We all survived and we made the best of it that we could. I will make one specific re- request. If you have a recording where an animal started screaming or barking or jumped into the shot, I would love to have it. <laughs> we would love to see it. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, my cat made it into a couple recordings. Oh, bless. He did. Jethro, Jethro loved. Jeff, he just wanted pets. And so he would like circle my feet while I was all. <laughs> He's like, you sound really great, mom. (laughs) Keep it up. Yeah. I'm sure there's a video of me like picking him up and just like gently pushing him away and being like, I love you. Come back later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, I I appreciate you guys so, so much for sending in your stuff. I know quarantine has been really tricky and I know quarantine performances have been especially hard on people getting the right equipment, getting your pets to cooperate, getting your siblings to cooperate. (laughs) But... I just want you to know that if you did any kind of performing, whether it was a class or lessons or a formal performance or grad school auditions or whatever, like, we're so proud of you. It's not easy. It's not simple. And it's not emotionally or mentally easy either. And so whatever you did, whatever you were able to create, or even if you were just managing to practice, we are immensely proud of you. So, so proud. Well, thanks for sharing your stories with us. This was such a fun episode. And don't forget, if you're interested in applying to be a writer for the Opera Offstage blog, a content creator, or an audio editor for us, don't forget to apply at opera-offstage.com slash join our team. The link is in the show notes and it'll be on our social media. We have great descriptions of all of the requirements and job descriptions on the website. So check that out. And if you're not already following us, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, you can find us at Opera Offstage. And if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast and haven't chatted with us, we get we get those quite often. And we love talking with you. So please send us a DM on whatever social media platform. Whatever. Episode ideas, yeah, thoughts. Exactly. We just love to you chat know, with we you. We are so happy. Yeah. And if you could take two seconds to pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a little review, it helps other people find our podcast and um, helps us, you know, with our mission. So we love you guys and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.